Hi. 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 Did either of you see my latest Facebook post? No, I have no. Been no. <laughs> it was a coaching moment with AJ. Oh, oh, wow. And you know what he told me? He said that his mother-in-law listened to our podcast and she cried at the way we were talking about him. Yeah, shout out to Nicole's mom. Hey, thanks for listening. Oh, oh it touched her heart. Yeah, isn't that oh. sweet? Was when we announced that he was no longer with the show. Right. He goes, you can tell they love you. <laughs> oh, oh. Maybe we can, you know, he, he was never able to say goodbye. And maybe we can, you know, we, we probably have to get permission from, you know, the powers that be. But, uh, you know, maybe we can get him on just to say bye. And he he was the, he was pretty much the mastermind mm-hmm. of this podcast. Yeah. Right. And it started with him and our promotions director before named Priscilla. And then she left to move on to be a teacher. So then that's when he asked me. And then when he moved back from mornings to the afternoons that he got Lori involved, he had been definitely the mastermind of this thing. If it's okay, it would be great to have him sort of be able to give us closure. Yeah. yeah. Or just tell us what's going on. You know, he's yeah. like a stay-home dad now. Yeah. Because <laughs> of COVID yes. and everything. Yeah. But I got to tell you guys, my husband didn't really know who was really doing the podcast uh, besides me. And and he doesn't really, he knows um, he knows you, Lori, but he doesn't really know you. I know. So that's he he didn't know your story. And then Claire, I told him about you. And so the three of us being totally different people, very different personalities, very different beliefs and very different lifestyles. Yes. He, he was like, oh my gosh, you guys are like a big old spectrum. <laughs> he's really, he's really amazed. And, uh, and he's like, God, this is good. Oh, <laughs> so, that's awesome. <laughs> welcome to Listen and Learn or Not. I'm Anna D. In the Master Studio is Life Coach Lori. She is the afternoon traffic person on Warm 106.9. She also does the night shifts, so she is the Venus flytrap of Warm 106.9. <laughs> <laughs> We also have Claire from Fits in the Morning, as well as she's also the weekend jock on 98.9 The Bull, so that makes her the Dr. Johnny Fever of Mm. Seattle. (laughs) And I'm in sales, so I'm Herb Tarlick. (laughs) Welcome, ladies. (laughs) Welcome. So much going on in our world. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It has continued and yet it has significantly changed from where we were having this conversation a week ago. It's incredible is what it is. Yeah. It's gone a different level for sure. I find it uh, really, I don't know, I don't know what the word is, but the fact that there are still protests going on, even in our own neighborhoods, that's interesting. Then there's the other side that's speaking loudly now, or (laughs) there are some people that are really really against what's being said. Yeah, yeah. I think there are, as with any movement, I think that there are words and phrases that just get so misunderstood and people rush into judgment about those words and to, and I don't know if we want to so much debate this issue, but the example I'm thinking of is this word going around about defunding police. And to me, if I didn't read news or understand news and I just heard that phrase, it makes it sound like people just want to completely eliminate police from our lives. And 
that's not what it's about. It's about reallocating money. You can't have a rally cry around a giant long sentence that says, let's reallocate money, blah, 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 you know? Right. So I think that's part of the anger and response you're talking about there, Anna, is that you're seeing pushback on things that people don't necessarily understand even what it is they're pushing back on. I don't know um, what really it truly means about defunding police because that also kind of scared me when I first heard about it was I thought I thought oh my gosh no 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 no. we cannot have not have police (laughs) and and I probably have it wrong and I wonder if you could tell me what you think it means or what it means because I bet you you both probably know a lot more than I do about what it means I'll take a crack at explaining what I think it means, and then Anna, Good, thank then you. Laura, you can jump in. <laughs> what I think it's intended to mean is that for many years now, police funding is not just about police cars and uniforms and radios and badges and fuel for the cars and salaries. It has become about heavy-duty equipment that, for lack of a better word, militarizes the police in some of the gear, the tactics, and things that they get. And what some citizens are saying is, how about we have less of that and go back to what used to be called community policing and Mm -hmm. take the money that would go into that and use it to shore up parts of the community that might be more susceptible to crime. In other words, take the money to try to prevent crime rather than escalate the policing into something Mm -hmm. else. That is my interpretation of what the defund movement means. Lori, do you, is it something different? No, that makes perfect sense. I think you're right in the beginning when, you know, when I first saw it, I'm like, what are they talking about? And like you said, they can't say the big long words. So they say that. And then people get their hackles up and they respond, not exactly knowing what it is. And I think it has been such an issue. I mean, even the whole Black Lives Matter, then people say all lives matter. Well, if you're in an emergency room, all lives matter. But if you have a toothache and somebody else has a bullet hole, guess who's going to get the attention? Right. And it's right not on. that all the lives in that emergency room don't matter. And and I think that when we go to those extremes, we're, we're not really hearing And, you know, I'm a life coach and my job is to listen and to listen well. And what I've discovered is, number one, people aren't very good listeners. Number two, they're not curious. So rather than go tell me more like you just did, Anna, we just take the assumption and we run with it. And I feel like I'm just seeing so much of that. And rather than seeing, well, I've seen a lot of love pushed out on Facebook, but also there's been just a lot of snappiness and hate. And I put up a a little video I thought was awesome. Uh, This guy got pulled over by a cop. He was, of course, African-American and the cop was white. And he said, "Uh, do you know why I pulled you over? And the guy's like, no. And he goes, well, your child isn't in the car seat. And he's like, I don't have a child. Well, here's his wife on the other side. She's holding the stick, you know, the pregnancy test. But he's not looking at her because he's looking at the cop. And he's like, I don't have a kid. He goes, yeah, well, I had to pull you over because your kid isn't in a safety seat. And then all of a sudden he turns to look at his wife and he still isn't even getting it. She's holding up this stick. He's like, what is going on here? And it was adorable. And then he's like, I'm going to be a daddy. And I thought it was I thought it was timely. I thought it was sweet. And my only intention was goodwill. And somebody trashed me so bad on my Facebook page that I'm ashamed to say I took it down. I shouldn't have. I should have left it up. But I'm pretty weak when it comes to people lashing out at, uh, you know, 
I don't like it. <laughs> Very sensitive to well, that. They, yeah. They, not only did they misinterpret your attention, intention, but they took your joy out of sharing the moment. Exactly. So I, I'm with you. I probably would have taken it down, not to not to admit any any guilt or shame over it, but just simply because it didn't make you happy anymore. Right. That's a good point. Oh. Yeah. So, you know, so there is That's so really much funny though. <laughs> I know, that is it? funny. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, and there is so much misinterpretation, and then. Not only that, we're wearing masks, so we can't tell if people are smiling. We can't tell what they're saying. feel like it is barricading us from uh, relationships and community. And plus, many people rely on visual communication. I do. I'm one of those. I'm so visual. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Me too. Claire, you probably know this too. When you work in radio, you usually are glass away from people. So we learn to read lips. We don't even really know it, <laughs> but right? but we do. And so it, it that's just been really difficult for me. And I know, Claire, you have somebody that's hearing impaired. Yeah, my brother is, is significantly hearing impaired. And, and he falls in this area where millions and millions of people fall in, where he doesn't have total hearing loss. But he certainly doesn't have normal hearing loss. And he does have hearing aids. But anyone with hearing aids will tell you they don't do everything. And already he, he for you know all his life, he has struggled in, in the normal world with people who mumble or, or don't look you in the eye or look away or, or, or talk to you sideways. And now Mask World has really brought this to the forefront for him because he relied so much on lip reading and what he, what he calls unconscious physical cues. There are things we do with our eyes and our mouths and, and our expression and the, yes, our hands <laughs> that, um, that help to communicate what we're saying. And people with hearing impairment rely on those and the masks completely take all of that away. Um, yeah. And he's really, he's trying to be an advocate for, for people like that um, in, in his community. He, he lives in New York City, but he said it's, it's near impossible for him now. This, this, this new world of of order, you know, he he'll never be able to order in a restaurant. Mm. Um, oh. he'll, he'll, he he can barely go to the deli on the corner where he's gone for thirty years because that guy who he knows forever, he can't understand what he's saying. Oh. And, uh, he's he's learning to adjust. His suggestion is, allow me to take my mask off. Right? I'm. It's a question of who assumes the risk when you when you wear a mask. Oh, of course. If, if I'm six feet away. If you take your mask off, I'm assuming the risk. So I'd rather I'd rather understand what you're saying. And this is not the normal. People do not want to take those masks down, which is fully understandable right now. Mm-hmm. So he's, yeah. um, he's trying to walk that line right now. You know, I've seen those ones that are almost like welding, uh, <laughs> welding visors. Yes. And I mean, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I couldn't wear one of those. But then I've seen ones that they've just sewn a little bit of plastic around the mouth. I don't know if those are efficient. And right. <laughs> They'll fog up. Right. Exactly. Right. And then <laughs> Seth posted one the other day. You know, he's got his one with the beard sling. And then he posted. Right, the beard sling. <laughs> right. then, then he posted one with it. It's got a little um, cap and you open it up so you can put your straw in and drink. And when you're done, yeah. you close it. But I did send oh, you both a video. Did you watch it? Sent, yeah, Lori just a few minutes ago sent me a, a wonderful video from, I believe the man is a chef or in yes. the food industry. Chef Andy, and, yes. Yeah, and I, if I'm interpreting correctly, he, he built this before COVID, um, but he has masks that are clear so you can see, and apparently they're breathable in a way that, that oh, the good. fluids don't 
still don't spew out from you behind your mask, but somehow air moves a little bit better. And he's a genius. I, I hope this thing takes off. Yeah. And, and it's so great, too, because it doesn't fog up. But in the food industry, when you have a waiter, waitress, like like she was talking about, Thor was talking about her brother, and you can't see, it's almost like you can't hear. It's so weird. I don't know what that is, but I feel yes. like that. You know, and I wonder, like, how do countries whose citizens that wear veils over most of their face handle it, uh, the communication part of it? And I wonder what what they do and I wonder what to do for the folks who won't, probably for a little while, won't get the transparent kind of masks or anything like that. Like, do people need to over-exaggerate their facial expressions, somehow use their eyebrows more expressively? Like, I... I don't know, because we don't know how long these masks, we're going to be having to wear masks now that there's like a, right. apparently a second wave, and who knows? I mean, yeah, what really do you do? That's interesting question, Anna. Or, or what can we do? Yeah, the, the, the people that I have known who have worn hijabs happen to be really expressive women to begin with, so yeah. <laughs> their, their faces kind of lit up when they talked anyway, but also yeah. I'm not here I'm not hearing impaired. So I there might be stuff mm-hmm. that I that I would have missed otherwise. So that's a great question. Yeah. So that you know may, maybe this is a conversation I'd really love to hear the solutions people come up with because it may not really be easy to get these transparent masks or for people to just choose to take off their masks so somebody could understand. And so maybe there's something people can do. I mean, like you said in previous episodes, Lori, even for those who are not a hard of hearing, it's awkward anyway not to know what people are, what's going on behind those masks. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's something that people could start. There's a, like kind of a little movement for people to start expressing themselves more with their eyebrows and their eyes and, and just do something or... Yeah, this this could be a big problem. I mean, the, the communication part of it. And yeah, it, it should worry us. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And now that you mentioned that, you know, we're all watching updates like with the governor and is the I don't think the the sign language person interpreter is wearing a mask. Because he's got to oh, use his facial yeah. expressions. Right. Yeah. So they're all standing there with masks and then the the interpreter does not have a mask on. So I mean that tells you the depth of this and the seriousness of it. And, you know, you're already feeling so alone. You know, I think we're all struggling that. I think that we're all kind of weary. And then to have that, to feel like you can't communicate and who takes the risk and that everything you have to think about, it's not like turning on a blinker in your car. It's like now anything that was normal, you have to think about it more than once. Right. Yeah. Even just that we're required to wear them in our workplace now, it's hard to remember. And I always have it with me. And thanks to Lori, I have a very large smattering of beautiful handmade masks. (laughs) Enough enough that I can wash them frequently and and keep them going. And I always keep it handy right there next to the the little pass I need to get around the building. But I'll be darned if I think I'm running maybe 80% on remembering to to, to pick it up and go down the hallway with it. It's just, it's, it's gotta be a learned behavior for me. And, and I think other people are struggling with it because we're not, we're not intending to be scofflaws. I promise. Right. <laughs> it's, um, it's not something I remember. 
Yeah. Like yes, yesterday was my little girl's first time being out since the stay-at-home order. <gasps> so she'd, she'd been inside pretty much for months, maybe a couple times to just take a, a car ride. But this is her first time actually interacting with somebody else because she had an orthodontist appointment yesterday. Oh. And so I was like, I almost forgot a mask. I was like, okay, we got to bring this. And I said, and then I realized the text from the orthodontist said, besides stay in your car until we get you, that kind of thing. He, he he was like, bring a mask if you can, and uh, but it's optional. And I thought, oh no, we we definitely have to, you know, get her used to wearing a mask. And it was really weird. It was kind of I could sense that it was weird for her. And I think she would have chosen not to if it hadn't been for me. And by the way, Lori, mm-hmm. the we used one of the masks you made. It was a, the Seahawks one, and, and the person that came out to get her just absolutely loved it. Oh, <laughs> so. I love it. I love it. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, yeah, it is something to get used to. I'm I'm kind of used to it just from my jogs outside, but even lately I, I haven't been wearing them. And now that this now that we're hearing about the second wave right. uh, of people, and we all have a common friend, by the way, who who has a friend who had it the first time in March, and she actually was one of the first in the United States to have it, and her daughter was probably one of the first um, yeah. like kids to have it in the United States, and then she tested negative a bunch of times the last couple of months, and then just this week, she tested again, and she tested positive for her a second time of having COVID-19. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Can yeah. you believe it? I, I so, had to anyway. read it twice because I thought, wait a minute. Are you kidding right. me? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like Claire said, I will run out of my studio because like one time we went off the air and I ran out and the, you know, the boss is there with his mask and his phone and looking at me and I'm like, Oh, I don't, I can't run back. I don't know what to do. And so I think there is a, there's a statistic somewhere that states that the the chances of you forgetting your mask go up uh, exponentially when your boss is right outside your door. Well, like, what do you do about that? Do you just pick up anything and put it over your head? Right. <laughs> and, put it over your face. <laughs> and so, right, your your collar. Well, Damn and it. so when you go to a restaurant, because some people can now, do you wear the mask into and through? And then when you sit at the table, you take it off? Or do you wear it until you eat? I mean, what are the rules? Right. I wondered about that, too, because when we go into the kitchen at work, I wear the mask into the kitchen to prepare food. And then I sit in there and eat it. And I huddle in the corner with the mask off, eating it like a, you know, like an otter sitting on a, <laughs> on a bench. And, and I was wondering that about restaurant protocol. Now, I'm assuming because they have you set apart socially distant in restaurants, the assumption is it's OK to take the mask off once you're seated. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to clean everything when you're done anyway. But it I, I haven't been to one yet. And I'm I'm interested to see what happens. Yeah. You know, we can we'll watch it, everybody. We'll be watching, seeing what they're doing. Right. Know? We can learn from raccoons, you know, when they kind of mm-hmm. dip all their food in water and then eat it. <laughs> <laughs> With their mask on. Right. <laughs> but our, our, our friend, our, our mutual friend that you talked about that, that had the re-diagnosis, that, it's interesting. It's a little frightening. I'm curious, and I don't, and I don't know the details, but how would you get it again? I feel like we are all being so, 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 so careful. I can actually tell you. Tell oh, us. You can? Okay. So said person works at where it all blew up in the beginning. Oh. So a senior center 
And she worked there, um, and it was uh, contracted, and she, you know, and then her daughter had it after her, it seems. And then, um, so she couldn't get back until she tested um, negative. And then she, I, I, and I'm, I don't know the story really, but here's what, here's what I think might have happened. That she ended up, now that she had been negative, she was able to go back to work, and then quite possibly got it from the same place. Probably thought she was immune. A lot of people, I guess, would right. think that so because maybe the antibodies. Take, yeah, so maybe she didn't really take the precautions because she'd already had it. Oh, she did. It's just that you, if it's a place that blew up with it and had mm-hmm. a lot of residents have it as well and probably staff members and the f- nearby fire station, even no matter how much you disinfect it, I wonder how much you really can yeah. remove the virus from a place yeah. like that. Right. And that it's if it's constantly cycling through people there, that's you know that's a, a frightening thought for our 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 care workers, our healthcare workers who who you know are in there every day, trying to help people. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, yeah. It means that those barrier protections, those masks and gloves and all that stuff for those folks that really that that does make a huge difference. You know, yeah, 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 definitely. I, like I said, I don't know this, the whole story, but that was what I pieced it together. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if you saw on our Facebook page on Warm, uh, a senior, a college senior from University of Washington took his stimulus check and decided he was going to use it to restart the economy for what it was issued for. So he gave it to a restaurant and said, I want any policeman who comes in here to be able to have a free meal until the money runs out. He said, because there are so many good policemen. Nice. Yes. Yeah. And he gave it all to a restaurant and then, oh, that's really cool. Yeah. And so anybody from any county can go, even though he was located in Tacoma and so is the restaurant, any policeman can go in and get a free meal. And I just thought, you know, that was a way of really showing, number one, you're stimulating the economy. So you're doing a good thing there. Mm -hmm. And two, you're saying, I I believe all this and I support it, but also we can't put a blanket over Mm. all police. So I thought that was really interesting. And so I thought... I, I had a $5 bill in my purse and I thought, I'm just going to drive through this coffee stand and give him the $5 and say, hey, next time a policeman comes in, will you just, you know, put wow. this towards this coffee? They wouldn't take my cash. <laughs> oh. They <laughs> won't take cash. Oh, no. <laughs> They're like, gross. Uh, yeah, pretty much. I call that Corona shaming. You know like, been? I had it in a baggie. I said, it's been in a baggie for a while. They're like, yeah, no, I'm not taking your money. But was it money. soaking in disinfectant? Right. Come on. <laughs> so, yeah, I tried. <laughs> you did try. I, I love that you're even putting putting it out. We have a lot of good policemen and policewomen out there that would never do what we've seen on the videos. I love that I've seen a lot of policemen join some of the protesters to, to kneel or, or and be outspoken and some that have had to really go between some of the people maybe causing altercations or whatever and and just really trying to uh, make peace bring peace to even that small group that might have been of two parties of course you know um, that might have been fighting and stuff so they are there to also bring peace yes when we think of what can I do I mean we've talked about this a lot 
And we can all do something, but we can't all do the same thing. That doesn't necessarily work either. And so that spoke to me in a way of like, again, if everybody does something little, it adds up to a lot. Claire said, I joined my neighborhood protest, but I didn't go to Seattle. Showing that appreciation, that goes a long way. Yes. Yeah. 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 No, no one wants to be colored with the same pencil as, as someone who's bad. I mean, it's, right. it's, mm-hmm. I, I heard someone say no one hates a, a bad cop more than a good cop does. Right. Mm-hmm. In any walk of life, a bad grocer, a bad yeah. dentist, any of those things, you, you want, you assume that everyone in your profession is working at their best, just like you are. And it is it probably such a gut punch when you find out that they're not, and then you get painted with the same brush. Yes. Yes. That's really powerful. And how when people talk about things that they don't know about, or they paint someone in a bad light without knowing the truth, Mm. devastating and hurtful it is. Yeah. And that's, it goes back again to the misunderstanding that we started with is that, are we listening? Are we really hearing what they're saying? Can we say, tell me more? Like, even if our hackles get up, can we say, tell me more, I want to understand. And sometimes that's really hard because yeah. it's like it feels directed, that anger and that energy directed at us. But maybe if all these people are able to say what they need to say and feel heard, maybe that's going to make a big difference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, heard a, I heard a phrase today or, or a word that I'd never heard used this way before. And boy, was it a, an aha moment for me. There is a, a country music band called Lady Antebellum. God, oh, I, I know her. them. Yeah. They, they've, they've been around for, for years. Hillary um, Scott. <laughs> yeah, and the, the word antebellum uh, refers to architecture of the South. And it's, it's a phrase that you use, you know, you associate with Civil War era, plantation era architecture. And that is strictly what their name was about because they, they formed the band inside this big house. And they're like, oh, we should just name, you know, name it after the house. And they announced today that they're they're changing. They for, they're 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 usually known as Lady A anyway, because no one wants to say you know all those syllables in Annabelle. <laughs> so words are hard. <laughs> words are hard, and it's not uncommon to hear, hear them called Lady A. They officially changed their name to Lady A, and what they their statement was so beautifully crafted, and I won't say it as well, but here's the word they used that just hit me like a like a thunderbolt today. They said their use of the word antebellum was a blind spot. They had no idea that there would be a meaning in that that would be so much broader than what they brought to it. And I thought, wow, how many things can we say about that people are, you know, oh, oh, so-and-so is easily offended or this or that or this or that. We all have a blind spot to things that we simply didn't understand were harmful to others. Mm-hmm. So am I to understand, because you said it was the architecture of the South, um, is it sort of a tie uh, to the things we don't to the civil like. war to, you know, it, 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 it specifically refers to the style of architecture that was happening in the South during the, during the plantation era. Okay. So, um, okay. I, I have heard, I've heard Annabellum described as post pre-civil war, post-civil war, but I think it's more than that. I think it's probably a whole, a whole time period from the mid, mid 1800s to the late 1800s, mm. but it most definitely is associated with gone with the wind and that that kind of era of of architecture and and the history of our country at that time and boy that's 
that it, it absolutely is is right on the money that 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 would be a problem and that it would be a blind spot to realize it was a problem until someone pointed it out to you at least for me personally right yeah 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 and when you think about it that happens so often yeah. i'm thinking of just the whole thing of school mascots being like braves and those kind of things that right. people didn't really think about oh until yes, we yes. thought about it maya angelo you know we said this last week she said uh, we do our best until we know better and then we do better right oh wow yeah yeah gosh i wonder see now that you guys are saying this i didn't even one i didn't know that about you know the name i'm like i'm sitting here in shock like whoa <laughs> and right. then and, i yeah go and ahead you, and you have no uh, you're like the person with the least malice i know in the world except for possibly Lori. i mean <laughs> right Anna, you're Lori like more so i think lady <laughs> on the planet and you would never ever ever use a phrase that was derogatory and so suddenly here's this word that you're like, oh, wow, I didn't know it. I didn't know it meant that. Yeah. You know? And and it's like uh, for me, too, not in that particular case, I knew what that word meant. But but just this notion, there's probably a million things out there that I don't know are are troublesome, you know, mm -hmm. and now I'm like eager to learn. Like I, I I'm like, what, there's one thing that's going through my mind right now, and especially with the NFL having their say in, and 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 saying, you know, oh my God, we totally are sorry for not listening <laughs> to all of it, and and yeah, of taking a knee, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and now that, um, gosh, was it the what's that statue that uh, they're thinking about taking down now? Um, the that that had been there for so long. Is it the Robert E. Lee? I I, I don't oh, know. I the one it. that that was they said was offensive. Right, and so. With the NFL, um, I I wonder two things, uh, and what you guys are talking about. I wonder first with the the name Redskins, you know, right. and then I'm I, I asked my husband. I'm like, are they gonna allow you know the kneeling you know and be okay with it you know during the national anthem, or are they even gonna stop the national anthem altogether to so that it doesn't you know cause anything within the stadium you know like like you know what if pro like what if pe spectators decide to i don't know like turn their back or something i don't know i i'm just my mind is racing right now mm. yeah well um uh, my prediction i'm gonna make a bold prediction okay uh, on the books that, on the book which is that everyone is gonna kneel Mm. I, I, Whoa. Think, I think that finally, um, the, Whoa, Claire. I think the message finally might be understood that what Colin Kaepernick intended the first time four years ago when he started kneeling was literally this after the Michael Brown and other, other shootings, other deaths, um, calling attention to this, that it was never about the country or the flag, but about this was a moment where people would take notice and boy, people have finally taken notice. And, and I think I don't, I, I would certainly hate to see them not play the national anthem. I think it's a mm -hmm. great tradition to play it. It mm -hmm. makes me um, cry. Mm -hmm. and me too. It makes yeah. me cry when it's, when it's, it's. It makes me cry when it's well done. I don't. When, when only when it's well done. Yeah. Right. <laughs> when Roseanne does too. it, no. <laughs> um, so that's so that's my opinion. Is wow. I think you're going to see. I think you're going to see the team, the players, and coaches unite on this issue and i don't know if the owners will agree to that but i think that's what's physically going to happen 
Wow. I was thinking the other day I was in the car and I heard something and I heard that take a knee, you know, that the police had taken a knee. And then I thought, isn't that interesting? My my brain was trying to rectify that taking a knee was so bad yesterday and today it's so humble. Right. And yeah. just trying to reconcile that in, in my brain because it's like just trying to make sense of everything. Yeah. But there's so many things that we do say. I'm going to be pretty vulnerable here in saying this, and I might get hate mail. But when I was running Esther's place, we had a volunteer. I love her dearly. She is the fun, happy person. And she sort of was taking over getting cleaned up at the end of the day. And so I, when people would come to me, I can't believe I said this. They said, well, what are we supposed to do? And I go, I don't know. Ask her. She's the slave driver. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it didn't even dawn on me until I got to work. And then I was mortified and I called her and she said she thought it was hilarious. Thank you for her grace. But I was mortified when I because I didn't. That's not what I think of when I say it. But there's so many things we say without thinking and, um, you know, questioning our thoughts and our phrases might be a good start. It was for me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, yes. That's, and that's hard to do. The mm-hmm. older you get, the harder it is because so many yes. things are, are ingrained in you as a kid, these phrases and idioms yeah. that we throw around. Yeah, right. and we, we don't know what we don't know, so we can do each other a favor by pointing it out lovingly, not the hateful way I'm seeing on Facebook, right, but, you right. know, yeah. like saying, have you realized that you say that? Like, we have so many things that we say that just aren't right. Yeah. And Lori, if you get hate mail, good for you. Okay. That means people are listening. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but but really what I wanted to say was people know you and yeah. and never and we know that when you say something, you're not you, Lori. Um, life coach Lori <laughs> would never have anything, any hate, underlying hate, of, you know, from what you say, you know, and uh, yeah, so yeah. people know you. Well, and, thank you. But it is yeah. true that, you know, until we realize what we're saying, it's something that we've grown up with. And, you know, mm-hmm. at our ages, we grew up with some, some of this yeah. not so great stuff. Now, the millennials, they're all pretty much in shock that this is still going on. Yeah, because it's not yeah. what they grew up with. It's not what they heard, and to me, that's kind of the beauty of it. Yeah, that there is a, a newer generation. Hang on, the um, the dentist has come out and waved at me, even though I didn't think it was my time yet. I see them out there waving at me. Okay, any oh. last words? <laughs> yeah, any last words? Would you share any any advice or recommendations? Oh, you mean for Lori? For you? For me, Claire? Advice yeah, before you leave. Oh my God! Be just be kind to one another. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yes, that. I'm gonna I'm gonna steal from the title of our show and from and from everything I've learned from Lori and say, just listen, mm. listen and breathe and just take a moment to listen. You don't. I'm not saying you have to agree, right? But I am saying it wouldn't hurt to take a moment to listen. Just try to absorb what other people are saying, and you might find over time that you may change your mind. Wow. That is so good. Claire. Awesome. You you, you may go. You may go Thank now. You. <laughs> You're dismissed. Next time I see you, I'll have very clean teeth. <laughs> that's, that's very important. Yes. <laughs> Bye, ladies. Bye, Bye, Claire. Well, I guess before we end the podcast, 
we should, you know, give everyone a life tip of the week. And we get it from you, Life Coach Lori. And uh, we like to first promote your book called... Did not see that coming. And your podcast called... Enough. And so what do you have? Listen and learn or not. <laughs> I, was thinking, right. I was thinking about the Corona shaming, you know, in the beginning, it was kind of funny. It was like, oh, we're Corona shaming because we didn't understand it. And then it got really serious. But so when I saw Max, a little boy, AJ's little boy a while back, he saw me and he was yelling for me. And I'm like, what do I do? Because I can't hug him. That wouldn't <laughs> be right. So I pretended to high five and miss so that he would laugh. But I thought it's really easy to pull away, to pull back, to make a face, to throw your mask up. And people take it personal. They don't mean to, but so they feel like, oh, you think I'm Jeremy. You know, it's like that we just (laughs) take some consideration um, on both parts. Try not to take it personal. If somebody does something that feels like they're afraid of you and your germs, it's probably they're more about protecting themselves and and just trying to have more grace with each other. Mm-hmm. And it's also about protecting the people that they love when right. they go home. Exactly. They want to spread spread that. Right. It's not so. about being arrogant and saying, like she said, we're not trying to be jerks, uh, but that there's some of us that don't remember. Be kind to us and, and also for us to work harder at remembering. It's like if we all do something, and this just feels really appropriate, is Martin Luther King, one of his quotes is about faith. And he says, faith is taking the first step, even when you don't see the whole staircase. And it's like, We can choose to be nice while everybody's kind of being angry right now, even though we don't see the outcome. We don't know at the next football game if everyone's going to take a knee, but we can have the faith to do what to be our authentic self and and do and be who we are, no matter that we don't see farther down the road. I love it, Lori. Faith, the first steps and don't take it personally. Yeah. Yes. Good advice, Lori. Life coach Lori in the house. (laughs) You know, and I miss you so much at the building and it just shows how coworkers and friends, how much we encourage one another and being at a distance, it it is really hard. It's like, it's probably cool to work from home for a while, but also we really get connected with our coworkers. So I just want you to know I miss you terribly. (laughs) Oh, I miss you too terribly. (laughs) So I'm Anna D. Uh, Claire's at the dentist chair. Life coach Lori is right here with us. Thank you for downloading us and listening to our podcast. And don't forget to subscribe, like, and comment below. Yes. This is Listen and Learn or Not. Or Not. (laughs) Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Bye.